So the past couple weeks, we've been in this series um, talking about Christmas lists. And, um, and so we've already asked, like everyone has, has made, or maybe you've made a Christmas list at this point. Um, but th- the amazing thing, and, and the list that we've been talking about here at Emerge is the list that's, that was found, it's, or it's actually in the book, it's in the Bible, in the book of Isaiah. And, and the amazing thing about this scripture that we're going to read about and the scripture that we've been talking about is that this scripture, it was a prophecy, and it was prophesied, it was given, it was told about actually 700 years before Jesus was on the earth. And so that's, this is an amazing thing. Like, this is a prophecy coming true. And so, um, and so uh, sorry, this is a prophecy about Jesus. And the list that's given here are a list of kind of descriptive names about Jesus. So if you brought your Bible tonight, we're in Isaiah. We're looking at uh, chapter 9, verse 6. Um, so in week one of this series, we talked about how uh, Jesus, he's our mighty God. And, and then last week, we discovered that he's our wonderful counselor. And so tonight, we're wrapping up the series, and we're looking at how Jesus, we're going to cover two things tonight, how he's our everlasting father and how he's our Prince of Peace. So Isaiah 9, verse 6, it says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I've told you guys this story before, those of you guys who have been here for a long time. Um, But in my family, um, around Thanksgiving time, uh, what we would always do at Thanksgiving is we would get together and, and we would uh, draw names. We'd put everybody's names into like a hat and we would draw names and whatever name you got at that drawing is who you bought presents for for Christmas. And so this is how our, our family would do this. <clears throat> and, so, um, so, and so here's what happens. You don't know who has your name until Christmas Day rolls around. And, and so it's kind of like the Secret Santa thing. Anybody familiar with that? Yeah, and so here's, here's what happens. I'm at my f- whole family. There's like probably like 30 of us in this living room. It's Christmas time, and, and I've told you guys how my family does it. Everyone takes turns like one at a time going around the room opening presents. And so, um, so Christmas Day shows up, and I find out who has my name, which one of my family members has my name. And it turns out that one of my cousin's husband, husband, has my name. And uh, this is a guy in our family that, I don't know, just wasn't a great dude. And you were like, oh, it's, okay, great. Like, and so it, like, it was a mystery what you were going to get. And so my expectations already were pretty low for this Christmas gift. So it's, it, we go around the whole room, and it's my turn to open up my present in front of everyone. Like everyone's watching you. They're taking pictures, all kinds of stuff. And he's kind of, I'm sitting on one end of the couch, um, he's sitting on the other end of the couch, and he's like on the edge of a seat, just wait, just watching and waiting for me to open my gift. And, and he's thinking it's a great gift, and he wants to see my reaction to opening this gift. And so I pre- proceed to, to tear open the wrapping paper, and I proceed to, to open the gift, and, and I pull out of this gift a basket full of assorted jellies. And immediately, it got really awkward in the room 
Because everyone, I guarantee you, every one of my family members were like, that's like a terrible gift. <laughs> and, and so it got awkward, though, because for me, like, it's like one of the absolute worst gifts, and I did not know how to react. And I actually saw, like, actually, I saw this same um, basket of assorted jellies at Walmart, like, the week before, and I actually thought to myself, this would be a funny gift to buy somebody. Well, this happened to me. And so it turns out that it was not that funny. <laughs> and this guy um, actually loved the gift, and he was excited for me to get this gift. And so, so I had to open up the gift, and I had to force the most awkward smile. And like, thank you. Like, the most awkward smile, and, and, and like, thank him and act like I really loved it. But in reality, it was, like, the absolute worst. And, um, but... Has anybody, any of you guys have ever had a, like an awkward moment at Christmas before? Yeah? Um, and like, but here, like at Christmas though, like it's supposed to be like the best time of the year. It's supposed to be like exciting. You're, you're celebrating. It's, it's wonderful. It's fun. You get to open up presents and all this stuff. But, but maybe for some of you guys in the room tonight, there's some personal tension going on in your home. Maybe for some of you guys, maybe they're, um, you're, you might be in your home and physically you might be putting on a smile, but something's just off and something's just awkward and something's just uncomfortable. And here's the deal about us. Many of us feel this same way about our relationship with God. Many of us, here's what we do. We show up to church. We put on a smile. We sing the songs um, and, and, and the whole time, you're just kind of feeling off. And, and I don't know if you can relate with this, but you're just kind of feeling off. And, and what may be going on in this moment when you're just kind of feeling off is maybe there's a separation between you and God because of sin. Because we do that at times. We're like, I'm not sure about going to church. And then we show up and we're like, oh no. Like, but, but many times what's going on is something really on the inside. It's not the fact about being at church or being around church people. It's I've got some things going on in my life. And maybe where I'm at, I'm kind of separated from God because of sin. So maybe you used to show up. Maybe you used to get involved in worship and raise your hands. Or maybe, maybe even you used to bring your notebook and to take notes. Or, or you used to be engaged in everything that was going on. But maybe now you've made some poor decisions. And maybe you've fallen into sin. And now things feel really awkward. And here's what a lot of people do that have a choice. Many people will either choose to walk away and not come back or they choose to begin to change some things in their life and grow closer in their relationship with Jesus. My prayer for you guys is that you'll continue to grow closer in your relationship with Jesus. Many times people want to blame it on church. Well, they weren't friendly to me, or they weren't nice, or someone didn't say hi to me, or someone was like, you know, like, and, and so we begin to blame it on church. But many times, if you would really, really look down deep, maybe what you're doing is you're allowing separation between yourself and God. So we're going to look at Galatians 4, verse 4 to 7. It says this, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, 
God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you're no longer a slave, slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. And, And this is a beautiful telling of God's theological work of Jesus on the cross. See, before Christ, um, every single one of us, we were sinners, doomed, and we were separated from God for eternity. We are disconnected from God. But the result of what Jesus came and what he did on the cross for us is that now, because of what he's done for us, if we choose to follow him, if we accept him into our lives, now we are like adopted as God's children. See, I knew a guy, um, any of you guys, anybody in this room adopted? No? What? Johnny is. Johnny's adopted. Um, Bro, by the way, you should hear Johnny's testimony. It is an amazing testimony, and, and it's a powerful, sometime we'll have you share, Johnny, Okay. But my boy Johnny back there, he's, he's adopted. And, and I knew this guy um, when, when, when I was younger who was adopted into a family. And, and it was, it was kind of funny, and, and they laughed about it. But it was kind of funny. Anytime the, those siblings would get into arguments, um, he would remind them. He would say, hey, I just want to remind you that they, our parents had you, but they wanted me. <laughs> and and. I want you guys to know tonight that God wants you in his family. He wants you in his family. But this this adoption into this family of God, it, it doesn't belong to anyone who's not a child of God. So here's how you can be made right with God and, and be adopted into the family of God. Romans 3.22, it says this, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. And then I want you to catch this. Here's what James says in James 14, verse six. And this is Jesus talking. Um, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So I want you to ask yourself tonight, maybe just kind of internally ask yourself tonight, have I truly put my faith in Jesus? With who I am and all that I am, have I really put my faith in Jesus? Or maybe ask ask yourself tonight, like, am I really a child of God? Have you been made right with the Father? And, And maybe you have before, and maybe you've done that, and that's awesome, and I'm proud of you for that. Maybe you've done that before, but but maybe recently. You, you've, you've placed sin in between you and God. And so tonight, I want to encourage you, tonight is your night to make that change. And, and he will change that awkwardness between you and himself, and he'll give you peace. So, so we talked about how, what's, what was God, he's what tonight? He's our, what? Everlasting Father. And then now, the next name from this list, from Isaiah, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And so may, have you guys just uh, wrapped up your finals or you're about to wrap up your finals? That's probably a lot of us or most of us in this room. Maybe you just wrapped up your finals 
And, um, and, and uh, imagine, I imagine this, because I, I was actually, I went back to college just a few years ago, and I graduated, and I, and I had finals, and I freshly remember what that feels like. And I imagine, like, I remember in the days leading up to, <clears throat> like, you're dealing with anxiety and stress and, like, nervousness, right? You guys relate with that? You know what I'm talking about? Or maybe you're a really great student, you don't have to worry about that. And, and but then like and maybe you like you were so nervous leading up to the test, but afterwards, what's that feeling like? You, you usually can finally get some peace, right? You finally have some relief. And so there are many of you that like just like that, when you walk into your school, maybe you walk into certain places that your anxiety, that your stress rises, and you don't find peace. And, and I would be willing to say that even some of you guys in this room, you don't find peace in your homes. You don't find peace around the people who you're supposed to find peace around. Maybe it's with your dad or with your mom, or maybe it's with a sibling. See, many of us in our life, we're constantly hunting for that feeling of peace. And here's the reality. We can't experience a true and lasting peace outside of a relationship with Jesus. See, Jesus, he's, he's called the Prince of Peace. He creates peace, and he's our source. He not only creates peace, but he's our source of peace. See, I want you to look at this. Here's what Jesus said. He said this right before he left this earth and he ascended back into heaven. He said this. It's in John 14, verse 27. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Catch this. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. I love this verse so much because so many times in our lives, here's what we do. We try to find peace. We try to find comfort in all of the wrong places. We look for peace in relationships. We look for peace in material things or anything that can make me feel happy. And so, and, and here's what happens. The enemy wants you to think that those things are what's going to bring you peace. But really, the only thing that's going to bring you true peace, a, a real true peace that can really settle your mind and settle your heart and settle your spirit. Like if your life just feels like it's full of turmoil and it's just, it's just a mess, you need to experience peace. And I want to encourage you, don't look outside of a relationship with Jesus because he will give you peace. So tonight, if you're anxious, if you're afraid, right now, right here in this room, I want you to know that Jesus is reaching out to you. Maybe for some of you guys in this room, you can feel him speaking to your heart right now and he wants to give you peace. See, when we we don't feel peace, um, what's happening is that it's a mile marker for us spiritually that we're not walking with Jesus. See, we'll experience peace when we walk with Jesus because the scripture says he is peace. So I want you to do this tonight. Everyone close your eyes just for a moment. Maybe you need to put your hand on your heart or something like that. Maybe you need to ask yourself just for a moment, am I at peace? Don't talk to the people next to you. This is just a moment for you. Say, am I at peace? Am I at peace with who I am?
Am I at peace in my relationship with Jesus? Am I at peace in my life? Or maybe you need to ask yourself, am I walking close to Jesus? And I want you to know tonight that if you pursue Jesus, you'll pursue peace because Jesus is our peace.